0: What are some of the tips that you could give on like, what could I do to get my communication better today?
1: So I'd like to always stick to three things. Be kind, be helpful, and always start from an end in a place of agreement.
0: What kind of criteria do you look for in balancing out that human aspect to reaching the marketing goals that are needed to be reached?
1: Within an organization, we have to always understand that people support what they help create, but you also want to make sure that you understand how you can accelerate forward while still staying true to yourself.
0: Hello, everyone. Uh, today, I'm very happy to talk to someone that I've actually met a couple of times online. Uh, but what's very cool about this one is that besides his achievements, he really struck me as a great person to talk to about balancing the human aspect with the ambition in the world of branding and marketing. Um, And honestly, I believe that after just a couple of sentences, you'll notice that yourself as well. It's it's very apparent when you talk to him. And I'm talking about Trevor Leslie. Uh, Trevor has worked for over a decade in marketing and PR agencies in Europe. But today he leads the marketing for South Pole's Digital Climate Solutions, a company with over 1,200 experts um, that's been working with Fortune 500 companies, governments, and organizations. Um, That said, he's been with South Pole since uh, (laughs) 2021, and today we'll talk about how he actually as a person deals with challenges um, that marketing and business brings in a world where um, the ethics of marketing has been in a shaky ground. Um, Trevor, thank you so much for joining in. I really appreciate your time.
1: Uh, Thank you for having me. I'm very happy to be here.
0: Uh, All right. I'll start with a question I usually start with. Um, So no drum roll there, but I'm always curious because I always get a different answer. Uh, Can you tell me what is branding for you?
1: Well, for me, um, this refers to creating a distinct identity for a business in the mind of uh, your target audience and consumers. Um, And what I think what is always exciting about this exercise is that for any business, this can mean so many things, but also can lead to a lot of different things with the right impact. And what even gets me even more intrigued is the diverse feedback that you get. I mean, a small or big tweak in identities can impact the public perception of a brand in such a way that we're often forgetting that we're talking about opinions and not facts. So that makes it, of course, a very diverse way of looking at what the brand can mean to a person. A small or big tweak in in identity can basically impact uh, the public perception to such an extent that we forget that we are uh, talking about opinions and facts. Uh, but if I would link this to a very practical example that's maybe very fresh in everyone's minds is uh, Twitter's recent rebrand to X, where, which was brilliantly hijacked by WWF, who centered the conversations around the impact of climate change. Um, I believe you'll pull up this, uh, this, this, uh, this ad on, on screen here, but I believe in, in all these conversations about Twitter rebranding to X, uh, WWF basically reframed the rise and fall of Twitter, as an, to, of Twitter as an animal, in this case, the bird, gone extinct. Um, that's some clever, purposeful, totally unexpected uh, direction of a conversation to, uh, yeah, to a more urgent global challenge. So I'm very happy to see also this interpretation of how a rebrand can also be used to spark a conversation amongst uh, people who are basically just criticizing a, a change but should also be thinking about things that might be even of more impact. Uh,
0: Exactly. And I mean, one of the things that really struck me from what you were just saying is that huge split between fact and opinion. Um, I've just had a conversation recently with um, someone from the the creator side of things, uh, and we've been talking about how actually there's this big divide between, we used to believe the media and the journalists because we, our perception was that they've gone through a series of of researches and, you know, of of research and understanding of a particular topic before we got fed in the information. And now we get most of the information from creators out there that don't necessarily do that and and really fuse that opinion to, to the facts. And we were exactly discussing about how in this world, like, we some people are against having the media be the central source of information simply because that is also one form of narrative that is shifted in a particular direction. And it's it's crucial. And I think this is why I will very much love this conversation with you today, uh, talking about the ethics of all of this tough conversation that we're living in and the, the value structures that have now somewhat been shattered. But I'll, I'll move more more towards that direction. But, but first of all, um, As I said, I've had just like a couple of conversations with you and and you really strike me as a very interesting person. And I come from Kosovo um, for a lot of people, um, and, and not only from Kosovo, from most of the world, it seems like it's very hard to reach a position where, for example, you are today. And I would love to know more about your journey and how you got there and how can people like, what are some of the things that we can do to, if we're ambitious as people in this industry, what should we do to move up that ladder to leading like these huge companies and and be so impactful in the world?
1: Sure, um, I'll, I'll gladly take you through my journey, which I uh, often humbly think is something that you know you work very hard for, but also is uh, centered around luck and basically being at this in, in the right situation at the right time. So um, I was born and raised in Aruba. I completed my academic studies in communications and marketing in the Netherlands and. Uh, yeah, like you already mentioned, after almost a decade in B2B online digital PR agency side, with a couple of in-house sessions on on for a tech and sustainable brand, um, I joined South Pole in 2021 to kickstart their marketing uh, for, the region, for the region in uh, the Netherlands. Um, and basically was also driven by understanding where exactly I would put my uh, marketing when it comes to purpose. Well, South Pole's purpose is climate impacts for all. And I moved away from a regional role to a more product marketing role, where I currently look after the global product marketing after digital climate solutions, which basically in short short means that I tell the world about how tech makes climate action accessible for every business today for a more sustainable tomorrow. Now, that is basically a sort of a linear description of my journey. It has, of course, been centered around a lot of hard work but also a lot of opportunities where i got to experience the different ways brands positioned themselves of course from the agency side based on assignments and now on the the more in-house side based on where does the company want to go and how how can we contribute in in our own way to it but i think when it comes to um my journey it has again been luck been hard work um and also a strong um sense of direction when it comes to, okay, but where do I use my talents and where do I feel at home when it comes to honing my craft?
0: I think by the way that you explain it, it it seems relatively simple. I'm absolutely sure it isn't because there's a lot of hard work involved. But to that degree, I think, and, and um, it, you know, I might be very biased here, but um, I think the way that you communicate to people and the way that you've communicated to me has probably been one of those forces that have allowed you to move forward very quickly in regards to human uh, human interactions. And insofar as I know, to be honest, um, the higher up you move the ladder of, you know, um, building these visions, the more you have to interact with people and, and your people skills become more and more important than what a designer or like as I was, and as I often am sitting down to design something uh, you know that's that's very different from the technical skills so from someone who is leading a huge you know uh, huge operations right now um, and coming from my side where whenever I talk to you, I felt right at home from the first interaction, what are some of the tips that you could give on like what could I do to get my communication better today with my teammates with, in inspiring people and getting people to move forward because ultimately that also helps me uh, move forward in my ambitions uh, as, as I see them uh,
1: that, that first and foremost, um, so of course, there have been multiple factors that have gotten me to where I am today, um, but one thing that has been at the center of you know honing your craft as a as a professional but also Understanding where your personal communication style really comes uh, is successful um, is basically for me centered around um, a mix of careful yet directive direct language facilitating meaningful connections. Now, what does that mean for me? I believe that especially, like you said, when it uh, when when you get higher into uh, a company or you get it in, you get entrusted with a lot of responsibility. It's all about successful communication. And I believe especially successful communication in professional and personal settings is supported by three approaches. I say professional and personal because I don't believe that you can split yourself up in a personal and professional way. You, you of course, have different versions of yourself, but to be authentically yourself, it has to come from within. So I'd like to always stick to three things. Be kind, be helpful, and always start from an end in a place of agreement. However small that landing pad is where you might land, Because especially with the topic that I'm dealing now, which is climate change, climate action, introducing technology to it, um, collaboration and partnership is key when it comes to talking about marketing, this topic that is actually everyone's business. Everybody has a stake. Um, But you also want to make sure that you understand how you can accelerate forward um, while still staying true to yourself.
0: Staying true to oneself. It is hard in in a world where it's not... It's not only one thing that we're dealing with as individuals, you know there's climate change, there's war, there's all these financial issues that people have gone through and these have really like they they've kind of torn us in the middle as individuals, not let alone as societies that you know it's quite a, quite a tragedy to see what's happening. That said, you know we're especially in the marketing world, um on one side, we are pushed to meet those marketing goals, those numbers, and this is where all of that collaboration and communication comes in right, and and getting those numbers done and and still getting those people to have a job at the end of the day. But on the other, seeing what we're all going through um, and knowing that sometimes marketing pushes or more so like just the nature of work pushes us to reach these numbers despite the fact of all the torment and and issues that we have. what kind of criteria should we be, or maybe what, what kind of criteria do you look for in balancing out that human aspect to reaching the marketing goals that are needed to be reached for companies to succeed in this mess, I'd say?
1: Um, I mean, th- thank you for this question. I love always uh, wrapping my head around, you know, how do we as marketeers stand our ground? Um, and thinking about those criterias, I basically try to stick to the three ones that... Drive me to this day, which is the embracing of radical transparency. Um, always try to ignite responsible change, um, and nurture customer centricity to really forge that sustainable future that you can have in marketing a product, a solution, an idea. Um, so what does it look like? Right? If we're talking about that sort of embracing radical transparency, it's. Be as transparent in your communications as you can be, because in collaborating with others in collaborating eternally, it's important to be, to be very transparent about what's going on, what do you want to say and how do you want to get there? Because otherwise people don't know maybe about your intentions and also they don't, they're not aware of uh, where you want to go. When it comes to igniting that responsible change, you really have to then take a step back and be like, okay, let's listen, process feedback, engage with your customers and be, and also always be willing to adapt. Um, that's how you responsibly deal, deal with change. That is actually something that everybody, including your partners, but also the world can deal with. Um, and, speak, and of course, working with product solutions that are dealing with climate action, climate change, um, it is important to nurture that customer centricity because only then you will actually build something that people will need. Um, and then, of course, uh, maintaining a sustainable future when it comes to um, your marketing efforts. So again, uh, bringing it back to the three criteria, embrace radical transparency, just to ensure that you're honest with yourself and your partners. Um, ignite responsible change by making sure that you listen and process feedback, engage with your customers but, and be willing to adapt and not just take a, take a stance and just stick to it. And importantly, nurture customer centricity. Uh, because, in your whole communications, if your customer is not cent- central, then you cannot claim to be working for uh, the, the future, uh, the sustainable future.
0: That brings communication at the forefront of everything that we do. Now, I would say the question is um, when we have to move fast, and most companies need to move extremely fast nowadays when is the time for execution if we're talking so much? So if we need to be transparent all the time, we need to bring in all the customers and talk to them. And we need, uh, how do we, as companies operationally think, or like maybe how do you manage this? Because again, um, going back to that is like, when I talk to you, I feel right at ease. And it feels to me like you already gather all the information about me that you need to move forward. Um, This is not so simple for most people, including me. I'm very tough at communications. I might say I am direct, but I'm definitely not so kind in in my language. And so that's like, you know, how do we balance that out? How do we actually get to do the stuff because we'll be spending so much time in communication.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a that's a valid um, observation. Look, this is something that works for me, um, but what I always aim to focus on is okay. But what do we what are we promoting? So what I've What I meant by the criteria and also by my communication style is if you as a leader can promote a more responsible customer focused approach while still meeting business objectives, I'm not saying that you will get it right every time, get the hundred percent picture-perfect approach. Um, it is a way, and this is why I really like the idea of the radical transparency when it comes to these points, because it catalyzes even a stronger sense of responsibility and accountability for everybody involved. And with that in mind whatever happens is something that is indeed more more sustainable for the future, instead of us just trying to push through and get things going um, for the sake of getting it done, because there are business objectives that have been set.
0: But that, you know, this has been probably one of the very few conversations, and I'm not entirely sure how much of this is actually cultural. So speaking to US versus European led companies, um, I'm not entirely sure how how you know what the division there is, um, but either way, in in a lot of cases, I don't see a clear structure that people follow um, when it comes to this. And what's even more worrying for me is that in most of these cases, you will see, um, or at least those that I've had the chance to talk to, um, it's only individuals leading based on their value structure. But we're talking about most of the time about global brands here, so. Um, Whereas there used to be a value structure that a, a, a big chunk of the geographical north or, or west would believe in and then the geographical east or northeast and, and so on would, would work in. Now we've kind of shattered all of those. First of all, we've shattered the the, the walls of, of the uh, you know borders quite a bit, but now also the value structures that have held those walls. Um, should we be working on this as as a society or should it always be just individual is there do you have an idea on like how do we tackle this so that it's not only down to you as Trevor but that we as a society can agree upon a couple of things because this is something that i struggle with personally
1: no i think um i recognize that struggle is something that i struggled with when i uh, started moving up in my career and of course you meet different Um, stakeholders with different objectives, different ways of communicating. Um, And that's why, uh, not to completely uh, track back to uh, my initial answer about, you know, being kind, being helpful and starting from a place of agreement, I think it does set yourself up for success for the rules of the game. I mean, everybody has different ways of getting to a certain point which they deem successful, but by sticking to what you know is authentic to you, with the consideration of others around you does help set the stage for a successful collaboration i'm not saying that you know all the values will be the same and all the um, uh, results will be equally appreciated when it comes to um, delivering on company values when it comes to um, delivering on okay what exactly success means according to different stakeholders but when it comes to the starting point of collaboration i think that's where Someone as an individual has to step up and show these are my values. This is what I'm. This is how I work, and this is where, at least in my career and in my projects, I know this to be the successful um, uh, recipe to to get to the sort of radical transparency, the conversations about okay, but what exactly is accountability, um, and how straightforward can you talk about um, the challenges that we're facing. Now, I am of course not blind to any cultural um, nuances. I am aware that I, of course, was my adult life. So from 18 onwards, I was educated in the Netherlands. I experienced a, a very big chunk of my career still um, in the Netherlands, which is a very direct culture, which is just says it how it is, which of course also shaped me in talking about how I um, approach my success, but also talk about my challenges. So. In talking about it, you find out the differences and how people interpret um, those um, challenges. But I do believe that it takes one individual to say like, hey, how do we talk, to, how, to, how do we collaborate? How do we hold each other accountable? And I think that's a universal topic that, you know something that everybody can recognize, even if there are differences.
0: So I'll go to something that's important to me personally, and commercially in this case. Uh, to ask and you know use this time to ask this. So I've I've been diving into employer branding recently, and uh, we're we're bringing together you know a bit of psychology and, and a couple of neuropsychiatrists from the field locally to help us shape a couple of questionnaires to get these values out of the employees of the company, so that the values of the company represent, let's say, the spirit of the group um, in as much uh, realism as possible would you say that that having clear values of the company in fact helps in respect to, to organizing the value structure in which there's more agreement? Or is that still something that's not like, that still needs to be developed within the individual despite anything that a company or a group can do for the individual?
1: No, I think there's always, there needs to be a sense of direction for the group. So I think those exercises are always very valuable, Um, but those values should also be felt by the individual. Now, I'm not saying that every company can design a value system that matches with every employee or every group right away. It is something that needs to be felt, needs to be nurtured. Um, And it depends on how the company sets up that that exercise. right? If you look at how... Uh, these exercises come to be. There just needs to be a lot of um, check-ins on how we are in in terms of are we agreeing on where we are? Uh, And I have to say, I always celebrate the diversity of thought. I cannot um, not consider that, you know, my way is not the highway.
0: And so... I'll jump then into something that comes from you, so that one was a question for my types of projects. I want to ask about your types of projects so can you can you share with me a project that you actually really love doing and helping the brand market itself uh like how you went by it? what were those um those main things that you did, but also the feedback that you got that made that project successful for
1: you I oh, know yeah, um great question I mean I enjoy working on big changes and new directions I mean in my new role when I was entrusted with in the responsibility I had the, ta- I had the task of working on a radical name change for one of our existing digital climate solutions um, and key learnings here were very simple but also very exhaustive because first of course, within an organization, we have to always understand that people support what they help create, so from a marketing communication perspective, you can have the best idea, but if nobody embraces it, you 're kind of alone, yelling to everyone, going like, this is the new direction. And everybody goes like, well, I didn't think of it, so I might not want to support it. Um, And what really struck uh, a goal in this process is the continuously testing internally and externally to understand the different perspectives, but again, stick to one direction in an endless flow of useful opinions. Because in the end, we're all sticking to a direction and we have to be aware that we're changing direction, which means that we're not stuck into this change if we decide to go another way. Um, And when it comes to the topic of climate action, when it comes to talking about climate change and solutions for a problem that's actually, like I said, a problem for everyone, a challenge for everybody to wrap their head around, you're basically dealing with a complex topic and providing a solution. You have to stick to talking about what it does and label it that way to avoid confusion. you can be as creative about it as you can, but it just needs to do what it says on the tin because everybody would like to understand what it means for them on a personal level, and in this case, with our software solution, it would also meant to indicate what it does for what it does for the industry in that in that sense. Um, so yeah, those are kind of um, my ways of going about these. Um, branding exercises where you look at a name change and you, and you try to understand its impact, but basically making sure that through testing, through having um, different stakeholders involved, you can deal with a complex topic, but still stick to a direction when you provide a solution and say like, look, this is the way we're going to go and let's see how far we get. And we can always change direction when, uh, we, uh, when we see that there's, uh, there's an opportunity elsewhere
0: so so that's actually cool um let me let me just dive a little deeper on that because um you know testing will oftentimes lose yourself so, a sense of direction because people will give you all sorts of feedback now can you get just a little more technical and just let me know for that particular project for example how did you do the testing because let's be honest um, for a lot of, especially if I talk about designers and maybe not so much about marketers, I find marketers to be a bit more open than designers because we get so emotionally involved with what we're designing and it's so hard to get any type of feedback because it, it strikes our ego right away. It's, it's really hard to do that, right? So um, I just want to know, like, how did you go about um, um, about testing? How can someone detach from from the result? but also like what would be the technical aspect of it so that i don't feel awkward around asking people on on some feedback
1: oh that's good i mean um so i'm going back to the same principle right people support what they help create so we involve internal stakeholders to kind of set the framework of what we want to achieve um then of course you go external you can involve an agency you can also involve a platform where you basically say i want to talk to the target group that will have to understand immediately what this is if I show this to them today, does, can they repeat that back to me what exactly it is without me having to correct them? Um, and when it comes, of course to a, a big company that is branded a certain way, you always want to check back if it harms what it does to the brand, or does it exactly, um, does it in, in, in enhance this sort of perception? Um, and that's, of course centered around so many different opinions. And what really helped is that we started internally by going "Okay, like, what's the framework? What can we do to make sure that we get the internal buy-in? And this will be validated by externals and our end and customer before we then go and see, okay, but if we combine these opinions, how does this event in in, in uh in essence uh, enhance the brand value? So it is about a- Um, having different opinions come in at different times to kind of shape the idea, but never negate that every opinion is meant to be heard, but not every opinion is meant to be um, used at every single point of the development of the idea. So, um, to make it even more concrete, it's about sanity checks with the right people alongside the way. And if if you do the sanity check with the end customer all the way at the end, and they have no idea what the product is, and they are even more confused that this brand X is talking about product Y, then you might want to have done it, maybe a couple of steps before, so you can fine tune it for uh, people to actually understand what's, uh, what, it, what, what the product does and how it actually brings even more value to the brand. Even if it just sparks this aha moment like, oh my god, this brand is also doing this.
0: I, I want to double down on also the, the risk aspect that you mentioned. I think. Um, and again, this comes from personal experience in terms that for as long as I was working with smaller companies, it was always about the aspiration and what are we going to achieve and the plus side. It's only later that you, you start working with these bigger companies and you understand that there's a lot of times more risk involved than there is an upside to a particular campaign. Um, and this scares the living hell out of some people, including myself. And so, especially when, you know, I'm a bit more agreeable as a person and that makes me a little, um, let's say, a little more prone to, um including also like, you know, my, my, my neuroticism, I'm more prone to negative emotion. And so I'll be extremely careful with everything I do and go through all the safest routes out there. And so it's it's very important that you mention that just to put it out there for people sort of moving through this direction. It's like, you know. I believe the ability to take the risk, but also to to properly have a a strategy on on seeing what that risk could look like is absolutely crucial as you're moving up the ladder. And and I'm very glad that you brought that up, to be honest.
1: Uh, Yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely one of the things that uh, makes it very exciting to work on these processes, right? Think about, okay, what could go wrong, but also what could go right? Um, So uh, it's something that gives me only energy
0: let me try to then ask about what could go wrong uh, <laughs> i asked about a project that you loved but i want to also ask about the project that probably put you somewhere in a corner that was an ambiguous topic or um, something that really you weren't quite so sure um, how to how to um, organize that conversation between sort of um, doing the right thing or getting this client the right amount of money or whatever that is, but. Um, a project that was simply um, challenging for you from an ethical standpoint. Uh, Can you share about an experience like that? I'd love to hear that.
1: Sure. Um, I mean, I've been fortunate enough in my career to have been exposed to different industries um, and my key drivers have always been around purpose, impact, innovation. Um, I personally believe that whenever I get up every day, I'm at my best when faced with complex projects or situations that are innovative and really push my way of thinking um but i think one thing that has been constantly the biggest denominator is how can i hold myself accountable if i get up in the morning look myself in the mirror can i still hold myself accountable for what i'm doing uh n- not taking away that you know sometimes you need to break a few eggs to make the cake uh but it's never easy but it's always a challenge in those um industries uh it, ha- it wasn't as controversial as renaming, but it's really about pushing a certain type of message uh, to the public, um, thinking about uh, how do we communicate something effectively. Uh, but like I said, I love to be challenged.
0: I could probably dare to assume that most people or a lot of people in marketing deal with these ethical issues almost on a daily basis. And it's becoming tougher and tougher as we go. Um, as we just previously mentioned it, it it almost always ends up being an individual thing. We have to fight with ourselves or like we have to figure it out on ours on our own um should, should should companies start thinking of of organizing something like that like there are companies that will pro- like that would pay for um career counseling or anything like that there's a lot of us that go through therapy to to deal with these questions because of the stress and, and all the pressure that we have um should we start thinking about these sort of value structure issues as companies and maybe invest in terms of like having the right philosophical background person to help us organize our thoughts and our, our ethical issues or rather our ethical questions within the professional setting? Or should this still be done only individually? Do you think that we could potentially pioneer an idea like that within companies?
1: Yes, yeah, so I think, uh, and this is my, my personal opinion when it comes to values and systems, is that something is always moving. So when you're talking about, you know, marketing things in an ethical way, it demands continuous growth on your side, also demands continuous growth and development on the company side. Uh, so I would say embrace the knowledge sharing because there's always a perspective that you haven't understood um, or haven't heard from. You have to focus on collaboration and not be afraid of customer insights uh, to really pave a responsible path forward. Because determining what ethical is and ambiguous topics, especially when it comes to marketing and its impact on customers and society, it can be challenging, right? Because you're, in the end, you're trying to sell a product, you're trying to meet business objectives, but you're also there to tell a story. Um, and there are different ways how you can get a company to move to, in the right direction. So a couple of steps that I always keep in mind, especially when talking to my team is, okay, how are we collaborating through education and training? Are we just focusing on what we know or are we um, really considering marketing practices, social issues, environmental concerns? Those online workshops are endless. Um, but yeah, I still believe that gaining knowledge will help you to make informed decisions, especially when, when collaborating with cross functional teams, engaging with other departments in the organization, assuming that you never know everything. Um, and then you can easily start understanding the company's broader impact and how marketing activities, branding activities can support uh, those wider goals that are talking more about values. As I said, I don't never assume that I have all the answers. It's, I, I like to be as humble as possible when it comes to that, because you can always bring specialized support experts in to support that team, considering hiring advisors, even uh, when it comes to changing a name, just to be sure you got it right, you never know at some part in the world that they had a different perspective on how this uh, name change was developed. And again, don't be afraid to seek customer input five five minutes talking to a customer about what they think about your product might be more valuable in in, instead of you deciding on a marketing system that might work with a name branding that no it's conduct your surveys have your focus groups to really understand values and expectations and and embracing that customer centricity um and where i always end and i think that i also mentioned that before which i still hold dear to my heart to this day, especially when working with my stakeholders that are not marketing, that are not comms. We have to hold each other accountable, right? We have to foster that culture of accountability with the team, encourage open discussions about the ethical concerns and provide a safe space for members to go like, well, what are challenging? What's challenging here in the the decision-making? Because it might have an ethical implication. Um, And don't forget, especially if you're in a specific industry, to stay informed about the best practices, emerging trends, and ethical marketing. Because to assume that the landscape isn't constantly evolving, but because you are in as a specialist in a safe space where you are the market leader, will not help you to adapt your strategies accordingly, it will just hold you back. So circling back to a sort of a core statement here is it just demands continuous growth, embrace knowledge, collaboration, customer insight, and f- in- in- secure that responsibility by holding each other accountable.
0: So the reason why I'd like to ask this question is because I I've, I've found myself in this situation a couple of years ago um, so, I mean I've, I've already told you this but you know we, we bring together data and psychology in the branding process and um, you know we, we had a client they were teaching kids how to code um, and as we're going through it going through customer interviews all those focus groups and understanding the customer better we figured out that if we played a bit of identity politics it will actually help the community within the schools grow a lot and um we did that it it it, like you know within a single month they grew 30 percent completely organically across social media but in the process we were fortunate enough to, to have people who actually knew a bit of psychology to know that the specifically the same strategy had been tried as an experiment i think it was in the 70s to replicate what with students what happened in in germany in the 30s and they could replicate that by building that type of identity politics within a small group of people now considering that these are well we oftentimes talk about working with global companies the risk of social um you know movements because of a branding exercise is huge. And that's why I wanna ask about these ethical aspects. And I think, you know, as a testament to that remains what happened in, I believe a couple of years ago in um, in Southeast Asia, or if I'm not mistaken, through Facebook and all of those, there was, there was quite a bit of turmoil uh, politically and all of that just because the ability of storytellers to shift People and to move them around up to the point where there was massive protests and, and, and bloodshed. And that's why um, I'm asking about how far should, you know, just companies go and in institutionalizing, if I may, the the aspect of eth- ethical uh, decision-making from within, considering the power of stories, especially as Ivald Noah Harari through, through his books in Sapiens and Sapiens and so on tells us about the power of stories within people. Um, and that brand is part of like building that story within a human psyche. So um, that's why I'm so concerned about And I keep on talking about it. I keep on asking people about it, trying to find ways and understand different understandings from different people. So I appreciate you sharing that, uh, that, that perspective for
1: sure. Thank you, Thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about it.
0: Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, and so um, our time is coming to an end. I have only one last question to ask. Um, you know, you've already shared with us some incredible tips. I think a lot of them are actually actionable. And if people uh, listening, can actually look into them, something that will be able to, to move and shake their own lives. That said, I'm, uh, you know, I, I would easily say that you're someone that seems to read a lot, to be very careful and to, to gather the information. You talked a lot about knowledge, but I want to ask about where you get that knowledge. So if there's podcasts, books, channels, websites that you would suggest? I'd love to hear it from you to know more on like, where do you get this kind of information and where could people learn more about these kind of topics or anything that you find of interest?
1: I mean, I'm fortunate enough to work in a company that provides, this puts me at the front and center of uh, climate action and I work with incredible people. Um, but when it comes to taking an outsider's perspective, I usually have three really good um, sources that I use actually Pretty much day-to-day to make sure that i'm developing right as a leader um educating myself on the right in, in, impact of climate but also looking at okay but what kind of impact are we making today with our marketing activities so again going back to things that i think where i believe that i am working on my um on my career path which is purpose engagement and impact now when it comes to purpose that's linked with climate action. So I, I can always uh, recommend World*, a newsletter for people who are pissed off about the climate crisis. It's by Emily Atkins. It's a great um, uh, newsletter to, to, to read through to kind of understand, okay, what's happening uh, in the world. When it comes to engagement, um, I recently uh, stumbled upon Ginny Clark's approach to leadership, which is rooted into the five dimensions of conscious leadership, which encourages leaders to deepen their self-awareness, speak their truth, and expand their consciousness and activate their mastery. And that is especially for me as a a team leader, important to constantly understand where I am at in my own journey before I start leading a team. Um, And I still... uh, I, I. When it comes to uh, creating impact, um, I still believe in creating short-term impact and long-term impact. And uh, one podcast that I listen to quite frequently, it's very bite-sized. It's 7 Minutes. It's Growth Experts by Dennis Brown. He shares proven strategies, tactics, and tools from um, growth experts and entrepreneurs which, you know, for every uh, quick commute in the office, you know, when you're there, it's, it's a quick listen to kind of be like, okay, this is an inspirational point, uh, an, an, an inspirational moment to have about uh, growth.
0: Trevor, thank you so, so, so much for all the insights, all the answers and sharing all your, your, your knowledge with us today. Um, I really appreciate this and uh, hope to keep chatting with you in the future as well.
1: Yeah, let's keep it going. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Perfect. And for everyone out there listening, uh, I hope you liked this episode. Uh, feel free to like it and share it um, or comment on it so that we get to hear more about your opinions on it. Until um, the next time.